We're back in the podcast business. I am Levi Griffin, and we're here to talk about how you can win. Uh, and you can win. You just can't win alone. This is a believer's guide to success. Let's go. Matthew 18, 19 verse. Again, I say to you that if two or you, two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read several of these verses off. And while I'm reading, I want you to see if you can find a common theme amongst all of these verses. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Ephesians 4. He who, he who descended in himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might feel all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And I know that's a lot right there, but Ephesians 4 has a lot of meat. It's a lot of good stuff. Last scripture, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and will heal their land. If you didn't notice that there is a strong correlation between all of these verses, there's a strong correlation. And the correlation is everyone in this verse, in these verses, Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 2 Chronicles 7, they win. They all can win. The only thing is, they can't win alone. So if you're taking notes, and hopefully you are, you know, the first thing you need to write down is, I can win. I can go into blessing. I can go into promise. I can go into the, the promised land, the fruit that God has for me. I can go into the, the, the land that he has promised, to the money he has promised, to the purpose he has promised, to the relationships and the family that he has promised. I can go into blessing. I just cannot go in alone. I just cannot go in alone. Now let's begin to break down, break down these scriptures. Matthew 18. Again, I say to you, which means, Hey, I've, I've, I'm coming back to you again. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they must ask, it shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Some people only read verse 20. You have to get into verse 19 into Matthew 18. Some remember the, the older scriptures, or I say older scriptures, but uh, some of the older translations. It says where two or three are gathered in my name, that's where I'll be. I will be. Now, this scripture, you can't hear what the scripture isn't saying. Don't hear what it's not saying. 
It's not saying that if you're by yourself, you're not surrounded by people. If you're by yourself and you cry out to the Lord that he won't hear you. That is not what the scripture is saying. It's not saying that if you're in your room by yourself crying out to the Lord for salvation, that he won't hear you. Why? Because he will. It's not saying that you're in, if you're in a hospital bed crying out to the Lord for healing, that he will not hear you. Because my friend, he will. It is not saying that if you're in your living room praising the Lord and worshiping him for his grace and mercy that he will not hear you. Because I'm here to tell you today that he will. It's not saying that he won't hear you. You have to listen to what it's saying. It's saying, my father who is in heaven, for where two or three have gathered together in my name. So those that are gathered for the purpose of, of worshiping and praising Jesus Christ for God's business, he says that he is there in the midst. So if you're in the hospital bed and you cry out to him, he will come down. If you're in your bedroom and you cry out to him, he will come down. If you're in your living room or a park or in your car, I've pulled over to the side of the road before. I was, remember very clearly I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and, and I was leaving my father's place. And for no reason, I just began to cry. I had so much so. I mean, I mean, one of the nasty, ugly cries that I had to pull over into the parking lot and just cry. I just sat. I remember I, I had a brown expedition, Eddie Bauer edition, and I just sat in it and cried and cried and cried. I didn't think there was any problems in my life. I didn't think there was anything going on in my life. I just began to weep. It's not saying that if you pull over by yourself and you cry out to the Lord that he won't hear you. Because he will. He will hear you. He will come down from his throne of grace and mercy and he will listen. He will hear you. What it's saying here is this. That in those cases where you're crying out and he hears you and he comes down to attend to you. That if you're with two or three people, he won't have to come down because he'll be there with you. He'll be the fourth man in the fire. The Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were tossed into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar tossed them in the fire to kill them, that, they, that the guards looked in and they said, how, how many did you toss in? Well, I tossed in three. Well, I see four. And the fourth looks like the son of man. The son of God. So he's saying, listen, when two or three are gathered, he doesn't have to come down to attend because he's already there in the midst. See, I'm here to tell you that you can have you can have blessing. You can go into your your ultimate purpose. You just can't go in alone. First Corinthians 12, for the body is not one member, but many. What is that saying? That's saying that there's. More than one member. This scripture says, hey, there's eyeballs and there's hands and there's feet, right? And there's a mouthpiece. And he says they all need each other. It says that if the hand says, hey, man, I'm not the hand or the eye says, I'm not the eye. That doesn't negate the fact that it has a responsibility. If the eye says, I want to be a hand. Hey, that's all fine and dandy, but you still need to see and report back to the rest of the body what you see. If a mouth says, hey, I don't want to be a mouth today, it says, okay, oh, that's your prerogative, but you still need to speak life into these situations. Life doesn't stop because you have an emotional moment. If the hand says, hey, I don't want to grab things, it says, okay, that's fine, that's your prerogative, but you still need to pick up these boxes because God says we're moving and we got to go. Come on now. There are many parts of the body, not just one. And it says that, hey, for, for everything to work and for the body to move, 
All the parts have to be there and functioning. What does that mean? That means that if you're an I and that you see that your neighbor can be blessed if he goes in this way, then you need to tell him like, hey, I'm praying for you. But I believe the Lord has shown me that if you go through this door, if you take a hold of this opportunity, that you'll be blessed. Or sister, I don't think that is the greatest road for you. If you go down that way, then that, that may lead to harm. But I'm praying for you. I think God has main things, uh, big things for you. Bigly. You have to fulfill your part. You have to, to fulfill your purpose in the body. Which means that you can't, if you're not an eye, you'll never be an eye. You need to connect with people that are eyes and use their vision to fulfill your purpose. If you're a hand, then you may never be a mouthpiece. Stop trying to be a mouthpiece. Grab a mouthpiece, bring them over to you and say, hey, I need you to speak life into these situations and let them use you as a hand to grab a hold of things. The thing is, in this modern day world, we all want to be self-sufficient. I don't need a man. I don't need a woman. I don't need a dog. I don't need this. I can do it all by myself. I'm I-N-D-E-P. I'm, I'm, I'm everything, all in me. I'm independent. The problem is that the Bible says God made you codependent, that, that he made you that you need other people, that he made you that other people need you, that this is not a one man's game. Let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 10. He who descended is himself also, he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fulfill or may feel all things. And he gave some apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. I am a teacher. I can fulfill the role as a pastor, but I was made to be a teacher. I've been an evangelist, but I was created to be a teacher. I've done evangel evangelical work, should I say. I've prophesied over people's lives and that they've come true, but I'm a teacher. I can be an apostle and shepherd, but I'm a teacher. God puts a little bit of everything in you, but you have a special gift. It's kind of like there's someone that can paint, but he can also sculpt. But there's one thing that he's better at. Ephesians 4, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of of Christ. This is kind of like 1 Corinthians, there being many parts. He's saying, listen, there are not only many parts, there's many positions. God didn't make everybody able to do everything. Yes, you can cut grass, but you're a better speaker. Yes, you can speak, but you're a better writer. Yes, you can write, but you're a better runner. Yes, you can run, but you're a better gopher. Yes, you're, you can be a gopher, but you're a better leader. Just because you can do doesn't mean that you should do. I read a book and it says I'd rather 10% of 10 people's efforts than 100% of my own. The guy realized that if I had 10% of 10 people's effort equaling, totaling 100%, then I'm still free to continue along in the mission. But if I'm burning myself out trying to do everything, then I die right here. I fail right here because I, I have limits and I can never go beyond my limits if I'm only using myself to progress. You will never go beyond your own limits if you only have yourself in the progression process. Because God didn't make you everything. Now, some would say, hey, Paul says I can be all things to all people. Yeah, you can be. 
just not at the same time. You can't be a motorcycle guy to motorcycle people and at the same time be a basketball guy at the basketball game with basketball people and be a soccer guy uh, to uh, the Brazilian soccer club and talking about soccer teams uh, and be a hockey guy to the hockey players all at the same time. So that means that if you're trying to progress in all of these areas or need all of these areas to come together at one, you're going to need other people in the fight with you. Second Chronicles 7. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if I rain down terrible things, it's saying, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Some people like to just read 14. They don't read 13. They, they start off, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their, heal, heal their land. But everything in context, God is giving a buildup here. He's giving a, a massive buildup here. He's saying, if I was to shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, if I send a drought in my rage and anger, or if I command the locusts to devour the land so the cattle are starving, you are starving. Or if I send the pestilence among my people, he's saying that even if the wrath of God, my wrath, the worst uh, opposition you could ever have, if I come against you, if I'm against you, no one can save you from me. I am God. If I come against you and my people, not my priest, not a righteous man, not a righteous woman, not a kid, not a child, not an American, not a Canadian, not a not a Buddhist My people, people being plural, not my person. But if my people who are called by my name, Jesuit, Christians, believers, humble themselves, realize they need each other and pray, pray for each other and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, talking about each other, hating on each other. One thing that ticks me off more than anything is to hear another Christian talk about another Christian. I think you're out of place. I think you're out of line. The Bible talks about gossip worse than it talks about adultery. Look it up. Educate yourself. With all the demons out there in the world, why are you still talking about T.D. Jakes or Joel Olstein or a TV evangelist or this church collects money? What are you doing? What are you doing? If you're mad at the way that this church collects money to give to the poor, then start a church and start collecting money the way you want to and give it to the poor. If you don't like televangelists, then talk, give, get your message out on radio by flyer. But win souls for Jesus. You're, you're riding the bench, sitting on the couch, talking about the players in the game. You're backseat driving, sideline coach, want to get angry at the players when you don't even know how to run the ball. It infuriates me that with all these demons, all of this poverty, all this hunger, all this mass murder, that people would use their energy to talk about other Christians. Those organizations and those churches have saved more lives and, and fed more mouths than you could ever do alone because they understand the concept that it takes more than just me. People get upset. Oh, they always need money. You ever tried to feed 10,000 people? It takes money. You go into your local grocery store and say, hey, I need $50,000 worth of food, but it's OK. I'm doing it for Jesus. They're going to say, OK, well, you need to pray and have Jesus give you some money. It upsets me when 
people ride the bench and become and come into the church and be divisive. If I, God, come against you, if I shut up the heavens, if I send locusts to devour your food, if I, if I destroy your bank accounts, if I take your money, if you lose the things that are closest to you, and my people, and my people, and my people who are called by my name, these belong to me. I'm a griffin. If my sons, the griffins, or my family, my brothers and sisters, the griffins, if those that are called by my name come and say, hey, I need your help, I'm there. I've, I've sold businesses and moved across town from Virginia, left everything, everything. Got a call on a Thursday. I was on a plane on a Monday. Owned a business, had staff. I was gone because my people who were called by my name, my, my father, my, my mother, my sisters, my brothers, they needed me. And God is saying, hey, if I come against you and you will humble yourselves and come together, my people, plural, and seek my face and turn away from the craziness, your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive your sins and I will heal your land. I will bless you. I will, I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain, that you don't have room enough to contain. If you'll work together, if you'll act as one. Why? Because I love you. Because you're my people. Because listen, you can win. I designed you to win. You're just not designed to win alone. A single tire can't move a car. You need four or more. You don't have uh, in an eight-cylinder engine, one cylinder can't say, I'm going to push this whole thing. I don't need the other seven. Like it or not, pig-headed or not, stubborn or not, if you won't get to where you need to be without first helping your brother or sister get to where they need to be. You won't. No man is an island, and you can't live off bread alone. Somebody makes the cheese, you need to get it. Someone has the meat, you have to get it. And they need your bread. If my people, all of us, will work together, then we can, we can progress the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for tuning in. But listen, find someone to bless. Find someone to bless. Find someone that needs you. Find someone that you need. And humble yourself. Be humble. Say, hey, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of the one. We're all a part of God's army. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I need you to survive.